This is Real Housewives of the Kingdom, a sweet space where you'll hear from the hearts of fellow housewives in the kingdom of God, some just like you and some really different in various walks of life. We will talk about how God is walking with us through the good and the hard. I pray you'll be encouraged and entertained as we laugh and sometimes cry together. Most of all, I hope it reminds you we're in this together and you are not alone. Today, my guest is Kristen Hamer. She is a Jesus lover and military wife who is passionate about helping people stay healthy, mind, body, and spirit. When Kristen was eight, she was diagnosed with a genetic eye disorder that would eventually completely take her sight. She is now 28 and legally blind. And while her sight has been slowly fading over the years, God has been doing a work in her heart. She no longer prays for her sight to be restored, but prays that God would use her disability for his glory. We talk about how comparison, whether it's to someone's body size or to their abilities versus your own, will rob you of joy. She encourages us to be humble, reach out to people who look different than us, and to find our identity and worth in Jesus. Listen in, guys. You're going to love her. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Housewives of the Kingdom. Today, I have my special guest, Kristen Hamer, and I'm so excited for you to hear her heart and her story, and uh, this is second in the series of body image and just kind of uh, seeing ourselves how God sees us uh, rather than how we um, sometimes perceive ourselves. So uh, I am going to let Kristen uh, introduce herself better. Uh, Kristen, welcome. <laughs> hey, Caroline. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and just kind of share my heart and what the Lord has been teaching me through just my journey of finding my identity in Christ, body image, and so many other things. So like you said, my name is Kristen. I am 28. I just turned 28 in September of last year. And so we celebrated by going to Disney, which is like truly magical. (laughs) Um, But I am married to my husband, Hunter. We have been married for four and a half years. And we don't have any kids right now. We just have a fur baby named Koda. Um, and my husband is in the military. He's a pilot in the Air Force. So we moved quite a bit. We're currently living in Mississippi. And um, yeah, we're from South Carolina. And that's pretty much about me. I have a background in psychology and a master's in social work. And so um I've just always kind of had a heart to serve people in different capacities and it's looked different in, you know, the past several years, but yeah, that's where I'm at in life right now. That is awesome. I love that. I didn't realize you had uh, that master's in social, what did you say it was? Social services? It's in social work, um, but I did more of a concentration in like nonprofit management Hmm. systems instead of more clinical. So yeah, that's awesome. That's so awesome. Well, uh, so me and Kristen have never met in person and, but we met on Instagram and just found that we had a similar heart for God and marriage. And, uh, when I found her, I had seen in her highlights, how she talked about, uh, being blind, legally blind. So, uh, Kristen can see, correct. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and how long, have you always dealt with that? Have you always had the blindness? 
Yeah, so I was I was actually diagnosed with a genetic eye disease when I was eight years old. So okay. growing up as a kid, um, I didn't notice it. My parents didn't notice it until my second grade teacher was just kind of like, hey, you need to get her checked for glasses. I think she might need glasses. She's struggling a little bit in the classroom. And so um, my mom just kind of thought, okay, we'll take her and just get her glasses. And so through lots of doctor's appointments, lots of things, we found out that I had a genetic eye disease um, where my central vision is slowly progressing and leading to blindness. So currently now I have zero central vision and parts of my peripheral vision have been affected as well, but I'm not completely blind. And it's been a very slow progression throughout life. So it's been 20 years since I've been diagnosed and wow. it's been a very, very slow progression. Um, so like I said, I had a very normal childhood and then um, we found out at eight and oddly enough, we don't know of anyone in my family that has anything similar. So I feel like God just chose me out <laughs> of nowhere. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a genetic disorder and there's currently not a cure. Um, but I tell people now it has honestly been one of the biggest blessings of my life um so yeah I was diagnosed at eight and I have been walking in this disability for 20 years now and yeah that's that's incredible to hear you say it's such a blessing because it's you know those kinds of things are when we have disabilities or um you know things that inhibit us from doing what is like quote unquote normal life stuff I think the enemy tries to rob us and make us feel like we're a little bit less than um you know but it's so cool because it's like we can be made strong in Christ and that was like one of the things when I saw your highlight and you talking about your blindness because I already Mm -hmm. saw your I saw your page and you talking about your fitness stuff which we're going to talk about later and your Mm -hmm. husband and I was like oh and I love by the way thank you for being a military wife and thanks to your Mm -hmm. husband I'm very uh grateful for uh our men and women who serve in our military um my grandpa was a marine so um, yeah yeah Yeah. so uh you know and um but then when I saw that highlight of yours where you talked about you had kind of stopped praying for it to Uh, be healed and that you started just praying for God to be able to use it for his glory. And that just, gosh, that your heart is incredible in that. How long, so from when you first knew that you were diagnosed as a little girl, and obviously, like you said, it progressed, but Mm -hmm. um, how long did it take you to kind of come to that, uh, to that place of being able to say, Hey, it's okay. Like if God doesn't heal this, then even then, like it's going to be okay. Yeah, it has been quite the journey. Um, So like I said, I was diagnosed at eight and this is a story that my mom talks about to this day. So 20 years, she still talks about this. And I feel like it is that little spark of hope that the Lord gave her and now has given me as an eight-year-old kid. I, she said that after I got diagnosed, you know, she was devastated um, as a parent with all the unknowns, not knowing what that's going to look like. Um, And we were on the way home from the doctor's appointment. And I was probably as a kid, just ready to get home, tired of being in the doctor's (laughs) office all day. And she was trying to console me um, in the back of the car. And she's like, Kristen, don't worry. It's going to be okay. And I looked at my mom and I was like, mom, I'm fine. 
I'm going to get new eyes in heaven one day. Mm. And she, I like get emotional every time I share that because, and she does too, because it was that childlike faith that I had at eight years old, not having any idea like what my life was going to look like, but just knowing that like the Lord had a plan and that whether he healed me or not, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a restored body. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something to celebrate. And so that encouraged my mom that day and like still encourages her. And now for her to be able to see kind of where I am today is like so much hope for her. Um, But yeah, as a kid, I thought I was just like any other kid. I had a Mm -hmm. sister that was, um, she's about two years older than me. So we're really close in age. Mm And um, as a kid, I just felt normal. But then as I started getting older, I started noticing that I was a little bit different, that certain things were a little bit more challenging for me. And then having a sister that close (laughs) to me in age, I was like, she's so perfect. Like Mm -hmm. she gets to play sports. And then, you know, into teenage years, she got to drive. She got to go get her first job. And she didn't, you know, have to have her mom dropping her off at school, you know, in teenage years and things like that. And so it started to get harder, especially middle school and high school years, because those are the years where you start comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. You start worrying about what you look like or what people think of you. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I wasn't really in sports or in some of those other things that my sister was necessarily doing. And so I poured myself into academics and mm-hmm. trying to succeed in that area because I kind of had a little bit of control in that. There were still challenges, but I was able to get through those with assistive mm-hmm. technology and different things like that. Um, and so I'm an Enneagram three. <laughs> Yay, I love the Enneagram. <laughs> if you're familiar with the Enneagram, yes. the three is the achiever, the performer. <laughs> and so I'm constantly, even to this day, having to work through these things where I'm looking for validation and I'm looking for like being enough in one way or another, adding value to someone's life and and being successful in some kind of way and so I poured into academics and that's where I was able to excel and um, got into you know high school and adulthood and went off to college and the thing with my disability was I never talked about it because when you look Mm -hmm. at me you can't tell no that I have a visual impairment because I don't wear glasses and I don't you know if you just saw me on the street you would never have a clue but hiding that made it like the elephant in the room where nobody talked about it. So I had mm-hmm. friends growing up that knew, but my parents kind of told their parents and then they told oh. their kids. And so they were so gracious towards me and loved me and served me and treated me like any other kid, but it was not talked about. So it brought shame mm. to me. Like I felt shameful. I felt embarrassed. I felt different and odd. And then I even put those feelings on other people that were different from me. So like other people with disabilities, I was extremely uncomfortable around. Oh. I didn't want anything to do with people that were different from me because I knew I was different, but I was hiding it as much as I could. Um, so that was all through high school. And then I went off to college and I decided mm-hmm. to go away. <laughs> and That's I went so great. Yes, I was <laughs> like, I am going to go away. I'm going to, you know, excel in academics and all this. And then I got hit in the face quick with, hey, I have to advocate for myself now. I have to speak mm-hmm. out. I have to be bold and share the needs that I have so that I can be successful um, so that definitely helped me grow up a lot. I had to mm-hmm. 
become more comfortable in sharing, you know, about my disability. And then a one quick story, and then we can move on to the next topic. That's but okay. That's great. This was kind of the like pivot, pivoting moment of my life in growing in confidence and how the Lord made me was I went to a Christian university, small Christian school in South Carolina, and we had like mission conferences and things like that. And we had a speaker come and I went to the chapel for bonus credit <laughs> <laughs> and it was Johnny Erickson Tata. I'm not sure. I Yes. <laughs> so really it was Johnny and she came and she shared her testimony. So for those who don't know Johnny, she was in a diving accident at age 17 and she broke her neck and she became a quadriplegic from the neck down. And she got into such a deep depression of getting to the point where she was told God, like, if you don't kill me, show me how to live. Mm. And from that has was birthed this incredible international ministry to serve families and individuals and churches impacted by disability. And so she came and she shared her testimony and I left that chapel in tears um, because I was just like, wow, like God is speak. That was, that was like the first time I really felt like the Holy Spirit was calling me into something that I was definitely didn't want to do. <laughs> I was incredibly uncomfortable with moving into the direction of working with people with disabilities. Um, but she mentioned an internship that she offers through her ministry. Oh. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this ministry internship out in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> only accept six to eight people a year. And and I was like, but I feel like God's called me this. So I'm going to obey. I'm going to fill out the application, but I know I'm not going to get it. And I completed the application, got the scholarship and was on a plane to Los Angeles. Oh my gosh. Year. <laughs> How long was that internship? It was incredible. It was about an eight week internship and I've done several since then. Um, but that, that first one was the point in my heart where the, where the Lord healed my heart. Since then, I've had the opportunity to serve in, a, in another capacity and move up in like leadership of how to do, you know, other types of disability ministry. But that first intern was where the Lord healed my heart and like gave me complete peace in the fact that he might not heal me this side of heaven. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I had prayed as a kid, you know, I have faith, God, I know you can do anything. And I like prayed for healing and prayed for healing. And I always had that small ounce of disappointment, but I never knew what God wanted to do this side of my healing. I just was waiting for the healing. Mm -hmm. And um, through that internship, I realized I was like, he, that was when, you know, Paul's words in second Corinthians 12, nine, his power mm -hmm. is made perfect in our weakness. And that became so real to me where I found like a, a role to play in the kingdom of God mm -hmm. with the a disability. And so that was so impactful for me. And that was the kind of the point where I was able to step into my identity as a woman with a visual impairment in the kingdom of God and like what he had for me. So sorry, long story short, but that's, that okay. that's awesome. so impactful. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, and I think it's so interesting. So the thing that I've battled through my life is I have shaky hands and uh, this won't be on video, but um, you can see like my hands, like shake most, most of the time. And I, it started when I was in, um, when I was in, like, I just hit puberty, basically. I was like 11 
And my mom took me to the doctor and there were no answers. The doctor was like, well, maybe you, you know, will need a glass of wine at night when you get older. Like there was nothing that no reason for it. And I've always dealt with it. And, but I definitely understand the wanting to hide it. Like I hated when people pointed it out, even though that it's like, cause it's a, it's a weakness. Like I can pick something up and I start shaking and almost drop it and set it down. And I'm like, I hope nobody saw that, you know, and that's always been, and that's been a journey for me. And I was teased as a little girl about it. And in junior high and high school, it's like the hardest time. That's because like you said, you're, you are, you, you know, you're so aware of everybody and want, you want to be like, I don't know why, but you want to be like everybody. Like you, you don't want to look different than anyone or have any differences that separate you when you're a kid. And it's like this journey. And I've always walked with Jesus. So, you know, gave my heart to Jesus when I was, you know, two (laughs) with my grandma and, um, and that grandma, actually, she used to listen to Johnny, uh, on the radio and teaching and she would go watch Johnny speak and stuff. So I've, uh, and my mom, my mom introduced me to who she was and I watched the movie about her. And so I've always followed her life and read things that she wrote. And so that's, that's really incredible. But I think it's interesting, the journey of how at the beginning you felt as a little girl, you were like, Oh, it's fine. I'm going to have new eyes in heaven, but that God knew even as you grew, you know, there's growth to be had from knowing, because even if you know, I'll have new eyes in heaven, it doesn't change the fact that you still feel a bit inadequate or different than other people. And then the enemy went for that to be blaring versus finding our identity in Christ. So it's definitely a a tricky, um, a tricky thing. And I think I'm less worried about hiding my shaking these days, for sure. Like God's done a work in me in that. But at the same time, I realized where, like at one point I had a doctor give me medication for it in my adult life. And she said, oh, I can give you medicine for that. And I was like, you can? (laughs) No other doctor has been able to give me medicine for that. And I realized it helped a little, not completely, but I realized the only time I wanted to take it was when I was going to maybe be doing something where it would show. Mm -hmm. I was doing a video and I was using my hands or I was going to be, I used to be a costume designer for a lot of years. And so I'd be at a show. And so I was, oh, I'll take it for this because then I won't show my shaking. And Mm -hmm. God kind of convicted me of that. It's okay. Like you said, Paul, what Paul said, his power is made strong in our weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that is incredible. How do you feel? So how do you feel when people feel like if people feel sorry for you when they hear about it? Yeah, I, I honestly, I first try to have empathy because I was there. Like I've been there where I've like seen the kid with a disability or saw someone across the street or, and I had that instant, like, Oh, I feel so sorry for them. But I now have grown so much in like my confidence in God and who he is and how he created me that I know that he doesn't make mistakes. And so I, I think it's just such a good opportunity to show the love of Jesus to people that look differently than us. And a lot of people just aren't exposed. Um, they don't, they're not exposed. They may not have had the opportunity to be around other people that are different. And that's incredibly uncomfortable. Like I remember that first internship when we would go and serve people affected by disabilities and I was so uncomfortable. It took so much courage 
to just go say hello to someone mm-hmm. who looked different from me. And I just don't think we are put in those situations very often. And so I like to try and have grace. Um, but when people feel sorry for me, I love to just give God a good shout out. And <laughs> we'll know, like there are so many incredible things that I've been able to do in my life that I don't think I would have done if I had regular, you know, 2020 vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I've traveled the world. I've seen people from, you know, different nations and tongues, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, been able to see Israel. Like I have met my husband and found mm-hmm. a man that like the Lord just uses day in and day out to shine his glory. And it's just, I I think I would be in toxic relationships. I would you know, there's no telling where I would be if I didn't have, you know, the the eyes that God gave me. And so I just like to encourage people with, you know, to starting, starting off by saying that it's a blessing. That's why I started the interview, because a lot of people look at me. And when I talk about the challenges, I will get people even on Instagram, they're like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what are you sorry for? Like, <laughs> such an incredible opportunity for the Lord to, you know, shine through me, because there are so many things that I've personally cannot do or I have challenges doing but the Holy Spirit leading me is the joy that people see the you know gentle heart and like not the anger that I once had at God and you know those are the fruit that other people get Mm -hmm. to see and so I want people to look at me and say that that chick has got to have something because (laughs) if I was in her situation I don't know that I would feel that way but it's been a journey and I just want the Lord to be reflected through everything. And so when people, you know, feel sorry for me or feel sorry for another person that might look differently, I think that's just a really great opportunity to remind people of the truth of how God created each person um, individually, uniquely, but everyone in his image and his image is perfect. And then also that everybody has a role to play. The, The body of Christ is a bunch of different parts coming together to do one thing and that's to bring God glory. And so you can't have the functioning body without, you know, an eye or a hand or whatever it is. And so every person has a role to play in the kingdom of God. And um, so, I mean, it's uncomfortable and sometimes it'll kind of make me a little upset if someone, you know, is, um, you know, making fun of or feeling sorry for or whatever. But I think it's, it's a, it's a good opportunity to, share with someone and expose them to just another way that the Lord is working through someone else's lives, even if their abilities look different than their personal abilities. Right. Well, and I think it's so good for you to talk about that. Even you feel uncomfortable with people who have different, uh, disabilities, abilities, uh, you know, that it's difficult And so even if you have that feeling, like, I don't really know how I want, how I'm approaching this person and I'm feeling a little uncomfortable that that's okay. Like, don't let that stop you from loving on someone or approaching them or trying to serve them. And I think, you know, the enemy can, and one of the reasons, you know, why I I do this podcast is I want women to not feel alone. And I feel Mm -hmm. like the enemy has done a really great job of just dividing us and in one of those ways, it's because we don't want to ask for help yeah. and we don't want to say, admit that, oh, I'm struggling with that too. 
because then we would need to ask for help. And it's a lot harder to ask for help than it is to just try yourself. And even if you fail or whatever, you're like, oh, well, you know, but it's like, God wants us to be in community. And especially in the body of Christ, like you said, like the, you know, one body, many different things that God uh, uses. And it's so cool when we allow God to work in us that way. And when we give somebody the opportunity to serve us, it's, Mm -hmm. it's hard. And I think some people have a harder time. I mean, also depending on personality types, I think it's interesting. You're Enneagram three. So I'm an Enneagram nine. I'm peacemaker, but I think it's cool that God like gave you the strengths in the area of the three, because if he knew you would need that drive to like achieve and that that would give you the energy you needed to deal with and be able to move forward despite Mm -hmm. any difficulties you've had. So I think that's so awesome. Hey guys, I'm here with my hubby. And as you know, we are super passionate about equipping people to thrive in marriage. One of the best ways you can do that is by having premarital counseling. We did it and it was super helpful in learning how to communicate and dive into subjects that should be discussed before you reach the altar. Many couples are finding it unnecessary or are not plugged into a good church where they can find good counsel in that area. Or they just think counseling is for couples with problems, and that couldn't be further from the truth. We are excited to announce a new project we are working on. We will be offering an online premarital guidance course that you can purchase and access on your schedule. We think everyone should go into marriage with the right tools to thrive and not just survive. We don't have a launch date just yet, but stay tuned to hear more on the podcast, which by the way, we'll now be airing an episode every week. And now, back to the show. Um, How did you meet your husband? So, I love telling the story. We are actually preschool sweethearts. (laughs) And I always start with that because we're from the same hometown. Um, but he is a few years older than me. And so we went to the same daycare, same preschool, and then grew up in the same town. And he actually lived in my neighborhood for a while as kids. Um, and so we crossed paths growing up, but we actually didn't connect until we were in college. And so I was in college in South Carolina and he was across the country in Colorado at the Air Force Academy. And when he would come home for holidays, we had mutual friends and that's how we actually connected. Oh my gosh. Um, So it's so funny because, you know, we were, we were literally crossing paths as kids all throughout childhood. And then we just had mutual friends in our adulthood that brought us together. And when he first met me, he had no idea that I had a disability because I was still kind of, that was when I was actually working through um, just my, my personal identity in Christ before we started dating. And then when we started dating was when I went on that first internship. Mm-hmm. And so it was such a sweet season for me because I was learning to walk in my identity in Christ and it, as a person with a disability. And I was able to process through that with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just my boyfriend at the time and I didn't know where the Lord was leading that relationship, but I knew that God had something in store for me and he got to kind of watch that blossom mm-hmm. from afar because we were doing long distance at the time and to hear his support and to see how God was changing his heart and molding his heart, um, in, at the same time in different ways was really, really a sweet season mm-hmm. to see. And, um, he is just such 
a reflection of Christ's love for the church and how he serves me day in and day out and has such a gentle spirit and servant's heart and I could just brag on him all day long (laughs) I love that I love that that's and it's so cool because that with marriage is that is exactly how God designed it is for uh for our marriages to mirror his love for the church and Mm -hmm. I've seen that you know with my husband too uh you know he's very aware like sometimes we'll be at a restaurant and I'll like pick up a cup of coffee to drink it. My hand will start shaking and he'll grab onto my wrist, you know, and hold it steady. I got it. Or he'll see, he'll see me trying to lift something hot or something that maybe is looks full. And he's like, I got it. I got it. Let me grab it for you. You know, and every once in a while, I'm still, I still at times get the attitude of no, no, I can do it. I can do it. Yep. Same. Yeah. It's, but it's, and I think, I don't know why I do that. He's so kind, genuine about helping me and God brought him to me to help me. I don't know why sometimes I still have that pride, you know, well, because I'm human to human is the pride, Um, (laughs) but um, I loved when you were writing, uh, writing or talking about how recently you went to the military ball and that your hubby did your nails for you. I loved that story yeah. that, uh, because you can't drive into town to get them done. So, but you want to have pretty nails. That's so awesome. Yeah, it was funny. We went to that event and so many people that had followed me along on Instagram were like, let me see your nails. (laughs) (laughs) So we got lots of applause that night from several ladies. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Now, are you still involved with Johnny's organization or? Yes. So I, I will be a part of Johnny and Friends for, you know, when the first time you serve, you kind of become a part of the Johnny and Friends family. Mm -hmm. So neat. Um, but I did that first internship that was in California and we had an opportunity to serve in Haiti. And then two years later, I did another one in Uganda for three weeks. And then um, in 2019, before COVID happened, I did a um, three month long internship where I actually worked at their International Disability Center um, for the, the summer. I did an internship there where um, I was actually mentoring other young women um, who were in different professions or studying to be um, in different profession professions that would help uh, serve people with disabilities. So nurses, special ed teachers, things like that. So my main role then was just to mentor um, younger men and women um, in disability ministry and in that leadership role and how to kind of do that in the States as well as overseas and cross across cultures so um, we went to the Dominican Republic during that one and then last year um, we talked about maybe going to China and then you know everything (laughs) happened so right now um, I don't have anything on the books but I had so many opportunities to serve and then you know through different church ministries um, they they equip churches um, on how to serve people with disabilities and so uh, before we moved to this location, me and Hunter both served at our last church in the disability ministry, which mm. was another really, really sweet opportunity to watch my husband step into that role. And honestly, he is way better at it than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am the like planner, the systems person. I'm the mm-hmm. one that's behind the scenes and he is the one 
stepping in, becoming best friends with every single person in the room. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely like the organizer planner of yeah. our um, household. And yeah, my husband's definitely like hands on and get in there and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, ever met anybody with your same disability? I have not met any, well, this is another God thing. I got diagnosed in second grade and then my third grade teacher actually had two kids with very similar um, eye disease. Mine is called cone dystrophy and they had cone rod dystrophy. So it just mm -hmm. affected their um, different parts of their eyes a little bit more than mine. So they were actually both completely blind. So my third grade teacher, yeah, she had two teenage um, kids when I was in third grade that had a very similar disability and it was wow. so cool that I got to be in her class right after that diagnosis that was 100% a god thing <laughs> because it is incredibly rare I go to doctors and they're like I've never seen this before um, but since I have started sharing more on Instagram I have uh, met a couple of people actually overseas in Europe that have recently been diagnosed with cone dystrophy. And so it's been a really neat experience connecting with people around the world that have been diagnosed in adulthood, which is different for, for me, but um, I'm sure devastating can be devastating mm -hmm. um, for a 30 year old. And so it's been really neat to kind of share um, just how the Lord has worked in my life. And a lot of these people aren't believers either. So mm -hmm. Um, again, such a, such a cool way that social media can be a positive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. I think I hear people all the time being like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just going off. And, and I mean, sometimes depending on your situation, you need to, for your own mental health, but yes. I think God can use, I mean, all it is, is a form of communication. And yeah. so you could just like your words and talking to people, you could mm -hmm. use them to hurt or you can use them to build up. And yeah. I feel like, you know, this, it's nowhere in his, nowhere in history prior. Can you do, I mean, even doing this, what we're doing, like you and me met on Instagram and now yeah. you're on my podcast. And now the, my listeners get to hear your sweet story and be encouraged and how, like, I love the podcast medium because it's like, I'll go on and listen to podcasts that was recorded four years ago, mm -hmm. um, you know, cause I I'll find someone I really like and like, Oh, I love this. And, and then I'm like listening to something they recorded four years ago. And mm -hmm. so I think it's so cool because God can always bring with the internet with hashtags and with, you know, finding all these things, yeah. God can put something in front of somebody that needs it right then. And yes. we just, no time in history has it been like that, which is yeah. so exciting. And I rather look at it like that than for the negatives that are yeah. possible with it. And the way um, I see it, people are going to be on social media. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's just what people do this day and age. So why not be a light on social media and help kind of block out you know, the negative things? Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Well, and it's cool that you've done overseas because I feel like, um, the United States obviously is very aware of people with many different disabilities. There's other countries are not, I mean, they very much hide their people with disabilities and don't do much to help them. So it's so cool that you've had the opportunity to go abroad and um, help people who, you know, just serve. I think yeah. even the fact that even though you even say that sometimes it's uncomfortable to approach people with a different disability. 
you still have the thought that no, but I, I want to. And I think that's Mm -hmm. so good now. Okay. So with a disability, like you deal with, um, there, I mean, traditionally people, when they think about body image, uh, Mm -hmm. really think about your, you know, weight, right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think in reality, that's what most people would attribute it to, but I feel like, you know, it kind of encompasses so much more. It could be, um, it could be my hair is straight. Her hair is curly. You know, she has big boobs. I have small boobs. You know, I have big feet. She has small feet. You know, it could be so many different things. It could be, she doesn't have to deal with blindness or she doesn't have to deal you know, there's so many different things that make us feel inadequate. So one of the other ways that you are speaking into this space is that you are a fitness coach mm-hmm. and you encourage people to just be healthy. And it's, and I love it what you post because it's all about uh, really being healthy and having not just a healthy body, but a healthy mind and a healthy yeah. life. And I think it's so important important in this day and age because so many things that can weigh us down. Uh, You want to talk about a little bit what brought you into your fitness journey? Yes. So like I said, with my visual impairment, I was on my like self-discovery of finding my identity in Christ and his purpose in my disability. And I had fought the enemy for years and years and finally found that confidence and had that growth journey to where I felt free in in Christ and in how he created me and then it's so interesting how the enemy when he loses in one area he'll start in another area and I have never had really body image issues um not anything extreme growing up I was you know an active kid I could kind of do whatever eat whatever and never really focused much on you know how much I weighed or you know what my pants size was or anything like that um And then I went to college and I started gaining weight. I laughed because like freshman 15 was a real thing for me. And I I mean, I I wasn't quite as active. I was pouring into my academics. I was like, you know, I was the achiever. I was like, I have to make straight A's. Um, And so I was a little bit more stressed and wasn't as active. And I ate pizza all the time. So I started gaining weight and I was like, oh, like, what is this? And then also in college, that's like the pressure to meet your husband. And there was so many people finding their, you know, we called it their MR, getting their MRS degrees. <laughs> and so everyone was finding their person. And I was like, you know, finally finding freedom and who I was. And so I was pretty independent and not really looking, but then I started gaining weight and I was starting to become self-conscious and comparing my body to other people um, but for some reason I couldn't translate those same truths that I had been pouring into myself about my disability and like being created in God's image and, you know, having purpose and all of this, I couldn't translate that in my mind to my body and like my weight and my health journey and my fitness journey. And so I started into this cycle of, okay, I've gained this weight. I've got to get it off. And so I started running and, you know, doing all the fad diets and, you know, eating spinach. And I remember counting my almonds 
out of my <laughs> almond container. I was like, I can only have seven almonds today with my can of tuna and my bag of plain spinach. <laughs> and I just got into a really unhealthy space of, you know, over-exercising and running and not eating as much. And I started losing weight and I felt smaller. I felt, and my, and my roommate at the time, she was doing similar things, getting really into fitness and other people were, and we were all trying to kind of lose the weight. I mean, there were pills, there were wraps, there were all these things that were, you know, the new thing to lose that amount of weight for spring break or whatever. So the pressure started coming on in college. And then I started kind of seeing those results happen kind of quickly. And I was like, wow. And it was, you know, enticing. And I never once, you know, talked to God about my health and fitness journey. I didn't really include him in that area. Um, And I graduated from college. I had just, you know, me and Hunter were um, about a year into our relationship. um, And I knew we were talking about married and I thought an engagement was coming soon and it did he proposed mm-hmm. after I graduated and so then I'm like oh I've got to be in the best shape for my wedding and I want to look perfect for my wedding um, but I moved I moved 12 hours from home because I was going to start graduate school where he was stationed with the air force and so I moved and I was stressed with grad school he was deploying overseas for the first time and I didn't know anyone and I found myself so isolated Um, You mentioned earlier that, you know, we're creative for community and I didn't have community. Um, I was having to be very, very independent advocate for myself because I lived by myself in a brand new city, 12 hours from home. My husband was, or my fiance at the time was across the world. I was stressed in grad school and I got in really, really unhealthy eating habits of binging and just a really negative thought pattern around food and a very negative thought pattern around, you know, health and the lies of the enemy flooded in. And I was just, it was a vicious cycle of me hating my body. Mm-hmm. And I, it, to the point of, this is kind of when I knew a red flag. I, we, my husband came home from this deployment and we got married and, um, and I wasn't even over like, overweight or anything like that it was definitely a a head a mental issue and we were on our honeymoon and I pulled out a pair of shorts that I had worn a year earlier right after I graduated from college when I was like at my lowest weight Mm -hmm. and I pulled out these jean shorts to wear on my honeymoon and they wouldn't button and I broke down in these awful sobs in front of my brand new husband <laughs> in our like resort hotel room and I <laughs> it's funny now because he re- he remembers it so vividly and he was just like what do I do what do I say I, I just want to make you feel better <laughs> <laughs> because I was so upset I was like mad at myself I was body shaming myself in front of him and it was so hard for him because he loves me so much and like sees me in such a different light. And for me to sit there and like body shame myself on our honeymoon, which is already just an, it was, you know, it was our honeymoon. So it was a very intimate moment in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling with, you know, sharing my body with him for the first time, but then to not be able to fit and like, like comparing myself to a year earlier and it was just that was the moment where I was like okay something is not right here this is not how 
I should view myself. And he was reminding me of that. He was like, you, you cannot talk about yourself like that. You are not this. You are not this. You are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like, but mm-hmm. I was just like, you have to say that. You're my husband. Like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And so when we finally got home and like in a good place after all the travels and deployments and we were married, we finally got connected to a church and a small group and I got that community. And again, by the grace of God, there was a girl in our um, community group and she was a health coach. And she said that she just shares her journey um, through faith and fitness. And she shares it on Instagram and through social media. And then when she meets people in person, she shares it with them as well. And I totally started stalking her on Instagram (laughs) that I just was so attracted to was her joy and her freedom that she found in her body. And she was pouring the gospel into herself and into her clients daily. And I was like, yes, Lord, I need this. Like I am jumping in this accountability group. And so I jumped in her group and I was in her group for about three months before she told me, she was like, Kristen, you are encouraging so many people in our group. Like you've had such an internal transformation and your external changes are coming to, you're getting stronger, but you're, you've changed the way you think of yourself. And you've actually invited Jesus into your journey, you can help so many women. And it was that change for me where I started realizing that the exact truths that I was, you know, pouring into my heart about my blindness are the exact truths that I need to be pouring into my heart about my external body image. Mm -hmm. And that health is a gift. Our bodies are gifts. And this is where the Holy Spirit lives this side of heaven. Yes, we should take care of them with bodily discipline, but we do it for the glory of God, not for our external, you know, appearance or not for other people. It's for God and God alone. And so that we can be better servants for him and his kingdom. And so having that shift from like a selfish mindset of health and fitness to a kingdom mindset of health and fitness was incredibly transformational for me. And I was like, I've got to share this with people. And it was so neat too, because me and my husband over the next two years moved four times. Oh my gosh. And so it was so hard. I I had the, the dream of, you know, going into the social work field and working in some type of organization and doing something with people with disabilities or, you know, whatever. And that was just not working out for me at the time. And Mm -hmm. I felt like my Enneagram three in me, I felt like a failure. I felt like I'm not going to be able to do anything with my life. Like we can't settle down. And then God gave me this opportunity. And I was like, wow, like this is, this is the ministry that God has been preparing me for all along for this season. And Yes, it may look a lot different than I ever anticipated, but what a cool opportunity to minister. And I have access to way more people mm-hmm. this way. And um, so, yeah, that's how I started my fitness journey. And that's how I am where I am now. And it's been a, um, an incredible journey. That's awesome. I, it's, it's so hard because, um, so for me, I was, I was a professional acrobat uh, starting at age 16 and I was a ballerina before that, always in shape. And, um, and then when we stopped being acrobats, we gained uh, a lot of weight because we were still eating. Like we were like before we would, we're doing sometimes six shows a day or, um, just training all the time and, and burning so many calories. And so, I mean, I could eat and not to say that I ate good. Like I did a bag of Oreos a night, you know, like <laughs> 
and I didn't gain any weight because I was working so hard and I was young. And, um, so it's been a journey for me and like just that as well, like just realizing, um, you know, how much sometimes I put people's acceptance of my body and what it looked like. And I realized that I had an unhealthy mindset for it as well. When I had a medical thing where I have endometriosis and uh, I was trying to shrink a cyst and I went online and found like a diet that's supposed to whatever shrink cysts, like a low, uh, low estrogen and anti-inflammatory diet. And I went like full force on it, like just to see, well, ultimately those kind of cysts can't shrink. And I should have done more research to realize that, but it was the first time I'd ever went on like a real, like a diet diet. And, um, and I lost a lot of weight on it and I wasn't trying to necessarily lose weight. And I can't say that I didn't love that I lost the weight, Um, but I could, I knew something was wrong. And I had had these shorts that these jean shorts that I actually, like, I remember we came out to Florida. We went on a cruise with a friend for her 40th birthday. And um, I had these shorts and I remember I went to go put them on and I didn't even need to unbutton them. Like I, they just like slipped on and I was like, oh wow. Okay. I got really thin, but then in the same day, I'm looking at myself in the mirror going like, oh, but look at that. Look at that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, something's wrong. If I'm the thinnest that I've been since I was an acrobat and I'm still scrutinizing my body, that means it's something in my, it's a heart issue and a head issue. (laughs) And God, and God showed me that I was getting very judgmental. Cause I think on the flip side, with fitness is like when you're getting very into it, a lot of people then put that weight on like the same, you know, the same weight on other people that they're putting on themselves, you know, oh, well, if you would just, you know, run 10 miles a day, like I do, you wouldn't be having this problem or, oh, maybe you shouldn't be drinking soda if you're, and I found myself judging people Mm-hmm. And, um, the Lord was like, Caroline, you got to stop. You've got to stop this. I, you need to get, you need to, this isn't, and it didn't shrink the cyst. And my husband did the diet with me. And it was so sad. Cause we would like go to the grocery store and he'd go, I miss cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and I realized I was like, okay, this kind of, uh, this isn't the way God designed for us to be where it's like, we're not doing anything fun. And it's so like, you know, that's, it doesn't have to be that way. We can be healthy and it's still been a journey for me. I mean, I deal with all sorts of hormone stuff because of my endometriosis and, but I realized like, I need to just, you know, be active and eat good just because, just because I want to, just because I want to take care of what God gave me. Yeah, exactly what is the kind of responses that you've gotten from people like with your fitness, uh, journey? Like, do you, um, do people, uh, do you get negative response or because, uh, I think sometimes when people see someone joyful and excited, like mm-hmm. I'm a very Pollyanna person and I get excited about stuff that I'm like into and doing. And yeah. sometimes I can get a very negative response from people because I'm, mm-hmm. because I'm being so positive and you are so positive. So I wonder yeah. if you get that too sometimes. Yeah, there's definitely been, I mean, I've been doing fitness coaching for two and a half going on three years. And so there's definitely been a handful of 
times where I've had negative comments or um, comments that are, you know, like where my words may have come off offensive. And I honestly feel like it's been really, really a good learning opportunity for me to search deeper and kind of hear, you know, those people's thoughts. And if they're open to it, I, I don't get into <laughs> any type of Instagram arguments, but it is a cool opportunity for me to have empathy and say, well, I'm so sorry. That's not, you know, what I intended. And it, it's a learning opportunity for me to be more sensitive and to use my words um, better so that I'm not causing anyone to feel bad about themselves. That is like, when I, you know, am working or I'm showing up on social media, my prayer is that I would never make another woman feel less than or feel like they need to compare themselves to me. And, um, and I'll, you know, receive compliments or things like that. And it's always just something that I try to constantly direct back to my heart. Like you said, this is, you know, something more of a heart thing and where are our hearts at? What's on the throne of our hearts? And is it being healthy for the Lord or is it looking a certain way or being a certain size? And so just trying to constantly check myself, honestly, because, you know, this is where I cho choose to share um, the love of Jesus. And I want to do that in a way that is uplifting and positive. And I don't want to be remembered as, you know, someone who thought about themselves and not others. Um, but yeah, there are always, I feel like there's always going to be that one or two like comments here or there. <laughs> um, but again, hurt people hurt people. And so I was there. I mean, I, I was that girl and there are days even now where I have to, you know, pour the gospel into myself daily to remind myself of my worth in Jesus and not in the scale and not in the pant size and not in, you know, comparing myself to the other women showing up on social media, just like me and health and fitness. And um, I think it's, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And so um, I've learned at 28 year old, years old that God confidence is way more worthwhile than self-confidence. Mm -hmm. So the second, the second that I start thinking about myself, that is when it sucks the joy out of what I get to do every day. And that is the moment where I have to step back and say, okay, what's on the throne of your heart? Um, <laughs> and, and so it's just a good reminder to have grace for people and to also take those opportunities to um, dig deeper and maybe use that as an opportunity to encourage someone. Mm -hmm. And I think too, you know, our society, you, you know, we do get obsessive about, uh, you know, about things and there's, and about how you look. And mm -hmm. I always think about how, you know, like what you said about, uh, what's on your, the throne of your heart. And mm -hmm. it's like, when you put another God, like above God, like when you decide to put like self or image mm -hmm. or whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, and gods require sacrifice and, uh, and you sacrifice your, your sanity and your peace because you're mm -hmm. never going to satisfy that. And like you were talking about, you know, you weren't in bad shape, but there will always be something that's, mm -hmm. you know, pulling at you, even like you will never reach that perfect. There'll always be another thing that you can do yeah. if that is what's on your heart. If you're trying to look like that person. It's hard too, because obviously it's important to take care of your body. And I think 
what's been a little bit difficult in this current day and age is sometimes we have people going the other direction saying, oh yes. no, you're beautiful just the way you are, but they're yes. not taking care of their bodies mm-hmm. and they're, you know, getting diseases and all sorts of things just because they're not caring for their body. So mm-hmm. I think it can be, I think either end of the spectrum is equally as damaging. And so that is always something that I want to keep in mind. People should remember and hear this too, that, you know, in general with body image, don't just think that when you see somebody that you might not see their struggles or their comparison issues or the things that God is working on in their hearts. And I think, um, it's just important to keep that intentionality of who, who is it that I'm serving? What is my reason for doing this? And when our reasons slip away from, for the glory of God or for just, you know, caring for ourselves, then, you know, we become, um, just harried and ragged. Yeah. And I think too, accountability is so important with that and community and having people that, you know, and trust and who can pour the truth into you daily. I'm so grateful for Hunter in that season of my life and having him like, not let me speak to myself the way that I was speaking to myself. And then too, to have you know, my coach and friend, you know, pour into me and then, you know, to then point to scripture and say, this is truth. Like this, you cannot question this. And this is what God says about you. And so to have another person remind you of that, I think is, is so important as well. Definitely. Um, and what would you say to somebody who might say it's so hard? Why even try? Like every time I try to do uh, you know, a diet or every time I try to work out, it doesn't work. What, what would you say to someone who has that feeling? Yeah. Uh, and it, it is hard. I mean, to take care of ourselves in the busyness of life and, um, to fill our cups so that we can then go out and serve other people is, is hard to do. Um, but I mean, again, point back to scripture and, um, God tells us in Colossians to work heartily at whatever we do. And I just think about discipline being such a godly attribute. And that doesn't necessarily mean success. That just means showing up in with excellence, working hard. Like we are the children of God. Like we're the ones that should be creating the most impact on this planet. Like we have the power of God. We have the freedom to walk in. Like Jesus you know, paid for our sins on the cross, but he also gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can walk in freedom. We can walk in the strength and the joy and the peace. And so um, I think it's a a cool opportunity to learn how to walk in step with the Holy Spirit so that you can have that freedom manifest in your life. And that, again, does not necessarily mean worldly success or losing 20 pounds, but that might mean moving your body every day for 10 minutes and getting adequate sleep and drinking a gallon of water and resting well and you know doing the things that um just make you a better human and and remembering that God calls us to that God calls us into a personal growth journey um a spiritual growth journey and he doesn't call us into the easy places (laughs) no and I think too anything that we do I think sometimes as humans, we have the tendency to want kind of a one and done thing. Like we make a decision to do something and then we want to be able to like, okay, we decided to do it so we can do it. 
but God really wants that daily reliance on him. You know, it's the reason he allows us to have disabilities, difficulties. It's the reason it's not easy to choose to get up and move your body or to, to eat healthy or to get enough sleep to go, Oh, I want to watch one more episode of this show or, Oh, I got to get up early. Maybe I should go to sleep, you know, making those choices. I think day in, day out. Um, we, it's like, I think sometimes you think, Oh gosh, today is a really hard day to make that choice. Mm -hmm. Um, but God wants us, like you were saying that you hadn't invited him into your fitness journey at all, that you hadn't prayed for him to help you do that. And I think God wants all of those little things. Like he wants the big, he wants those of course, but like, he wants the little, like, Lord, today is hard. I don't want to do, go do this today. And I don't feel like it. And, you know, but help me because I need your help. And he wants that daily dependency. He doesn't want to give us like a supernatural power that allows us to run 10 miles a day without ever thinking about it and loving it, you know? Yes. And too, that's, that's something again that I had, I don't know why I had so like I had such a hard time translating that from the freedom that I found in my disability to the freedom in my body image because I like I was at the point in my blindness where I was like I literally cannot do this without you like Mm -hmm. I need you and it was it was the tool of grace that God used in my life to show me like you can't do this by yourself like you you Mm -hmm. need me and I need you to call out to me and that's what really led me into that place of dependence, daily dependence on the Lord. And then when I got over, you know, I got through that and realized, okay, I need his help. I need his help. And I was able to admit that. Then I got into this other area of body image and thought, well, I can just do, you know, keto. I can do this. I can run seven miles a day. Like this will work. That worked for her. It must work for me. And I just went down the rabbit hole of not inviting Jesus into that and not considering how he felt about me. And I was just trying to do it on my own. And we do that all the time with, you know, health and fitness. And we look for the quick fixes, the immediate, you know, overnight change instead of focusing on this being a journey, this being a lifestyle, something that's sustainable, just like you wake up and read your Bible every day. Like that's kind of what I want to help women do is find a consistent way to incorporate taking care of your physical body uh, with Mm -hmm. a kingdom mindset consistently not in any extreme just consistently (laughs) that's awesome well and that's like with uh with reading your bible like I said I've been a Christian basically you know for as long as I can remember I've been walking with Jesus and talking to him and reading the word but there's definitely been seasons where I read less in the word and seasons where I've done more but I think the older I get, the more I realize how much that is, uh, like it is so necessary. Like I, I can't, like I, some people say, well, I don't have time to get up and read my Bible. And I'm like, I don't have time not to, <laughs> like I have to get his word in my heart in the morning, you know, like I can't, I can't survive because I realize like that is my armor, like for the day I'm going to go out and there's an enemy out there. Who's so yeah. real, who wants us to feel like powerless. And yet we have God's spirit living in us and we have so many opportunities to show his power through us in our weaknesses and to just rely on him. But it's, but it does take discipline. You know, we we always say with marriage, like, because people always say marriage is so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. And we always say marriage isn't hard. It just takes intention and it takes denying yourself, which that's hard. And 
it's hard to deny yourself. That's true. Um, but that's the same with anything with, uh, taking care of your body, um, with anything relying on God for anything, it takes intention and it takes the discipline and the more you do it, sure. The more you realize the benefit of it. And that I think helps too, you know, when you're seeing that benefit of, I got up and read my Bible and I was totally able to, God totally recalled this first to my mind today. And I'm so glad I, he did. Um, yeah. and the same with fitness, like, gosh, I drank such a good amount of water today and I got such great sleep. I like, I feel so great today. And now I have energy. And yeah. when you start seeing, when you start seeing that what you're doing is helping you do what you need to do, then, um, you know, I think that makes it also easier. Yeah. And too, just understanding that it doesn't have to look like the person next to you, just like a quiet time. That was something that when I got married, I remember having these expectations of Hunter doing his quiet time exactly the way I did it the same time <laughs> of day. And I would be like, are you like, are, are things okay with you and Jesus? <laughs> and he's like, Kristen, you're a morning person. Like you can do your devotional in the morning. He's like, but at nighttime, that is when me and Jesus have our time together. <laughs> two years for me to realize, okay, we don't have to have the same routine. Like we yeah. don't have to have the same workouts. We don't have to eat necessarily the same things. Um, but we're both showing up and we're both, you know, depending on the Lord in those little things day in and day out consistently in our own personal way. And it looks different in different seasons and it looks different, for different people. And that's such a good word for that. The fitness thing for with everything, everything looks different in different seasons and everyone's lives are different and their spouse, whoever, like, and that's why it's so important not to compare ourselves even to even to our spouse, you know, and measure, we shouldn't be measuring ourselves up to anybody, you know, we should be measuring like just up to God and what he's calling us to do. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, would you say there's anything else? Cause I think we're getting closing here. Um, would you say there's anything uh, else that you want to add or encourage anybody in? I don't think so. I mean, I feel like we've, we've chatted about so many different things, but <laughs> just the encouragement of uh, con- being a constant, re- having a constant reminder of God's truth, whether that be in your daily Bible reading in the accounts you follow on Instagram and just making sure that you are um, discerning the truth of God from the worldly things that we hear because it's so easy to get wrapped up in what the world says is successful or what the world says is perfection or healthy even. Mm-hmm. Um, and just remembering, you know, and staying grounded in God's truth and, and surrounding yourself too. Like you said, you know, this is not something we should do alone. So surrounding you, yourself with other like-minded women, but also being willing to engage with people that look different, people that mm-hmm. think different and, um, using that as an opportunity to share what the Lord is doing in your own heart. So, yeah, I think that's it. it. That was, that was incredible. And I just think it's going to be so encouraging for people to hear, uh, just everything from you dealing with the disability of your blindness to, um, and just kind of that journey into the fitness and how that's kind of been similar. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just hope that everybody listening is encouraged to, um, to remember that it's a daily reliance on God and Mm -hmm. to remember that God can be made strong in our weaknesses and that it's okay if we 
it's okay to ask for help and that we need to stay in community and, and tell somebody, Hey, I need help today. Or, Hey, I need you to pray for me today. I'm having a hard day. Today's a bad day. You know, it's okay to be human Mm -hmm. and, uh, that when we're human and when we can humbly, uh, over, ride our pride and say, I need help. I need help, Lord. I need some, you know, I need this. I need that. I I'm weak in this today. Um, it is uh, beautiful when we can do that. And that's where we feel his strength and and then we can go on. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay. I'm going to do the rapid fire questions. Um, (laughs) okay. What is your favorite vacation place that you've been to and why? Okay, so our honeymoon was in St. Lucia. That was obviously a really cool trip, but um, this is so hard. I also got a chance to, in college, I went to Israel for like a Holy Land tour. So that was really, really neat to kind of have the Bible come to life. They say it's kind of like black and white to color when you actually go and see the Holy Land. So that was really, really cool. Um, and then also I just have to put this one in there. One of my, I was actually going out for a Johnny and friends event out to California and we went to, um, Universal Hollywood for the first yeah. time, Harry Potter world, because we uh-huh. are huge <laughs> Harry Potter people. We love and Harry Potter too. <laughs> it was like so magical. We've done the Florida one and it's also really cool, but it was our first time in Hollywood and it was just, it was such a fun trip, but that was also a trip to where, um, me and Hunter were doing disability ministry and sharing a lot of our testimony and our marriage and things like that. So it was just a, it was a really cool trip in a, as a whole, but yeah, California, that was fun. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's where I'm from. Um, yeah. so, uh, born and raised. That's awesome. I love that. Um, okay. Uh, did, wait, did you go to Harry Potter in Florida? I did. Yes. Okay that last year right before COVID in like January. So you've been to both both sides. Okay. Both are amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I think it's so much fun. Um, we did it in spring of this year. We were in Florida. And, um, so we, uh, we went and did, cause we had done it before, but we hadn't done it in a while. So it was fun to just go in and, you know, see it all again. Um, uh, do you have a favorite scripture or life verse? Um, so for the longest time, it was Second uh, Corinthians 5, 7, walk by faith, not by sight. Mm. And then when I started walking in, you know, my dis- like my identity as someone with a visual impairment and how God was using that, it went to Second uh, Corinthians 12, 9 and um, God's power being made perfect in my weakness. Mm. And so, um, yeah, that that's kind of we shared. I talk, talked a lot about that and shared kind of that that journey and transformation. And so, yeah, both of those verses in different seasons for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm my life verse is John 14, 27. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And it's been my life first since like I was seven when God gave it to me and, um, and I needed it. I was afraid, uh, at night I just, I thought someone was going to come in our house or take my siblings, you know, and, um, God and God brought it to my mind. I had heard it in, in church and Sunday school and he brought it to my mind. And it was the first time he did that where he brought me this verse and I have known it ever since. And like being an Enneagram nine, like 
peacemaker piece. Like I love the piece. So it's so interesting um, that that is mine and cool that yours goes along with your journey as well. I love Um, it. What is your favorite TV show or movie? Uh, TV show is really hard, but movie is Peanut Butter Falcon. Yes. Okay. Have you seen it? Okay. Good. (laughs) Oh, good. I like, I like sobbed. Yes. It is. It's one of those movies that like I can watch over and over again. It's one that we bought and we have on DVD and it's just, it's such a good movie. And again, it just goes along with my heart and my testimony and the, the Lord's work in my heart. And just, if you haven't seen it, it is about um, a guy who meets another guy who has Down syndrome and they end up becoming friends and going on this journey together. And I won't give away in, you know, too many of the details, but it's such a great reflection of just how we should treat one another mm-hmm. um, as brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, not everything in there, but, <laughs> but it's a great movie. So I highly recommend. That's awesome. Yeah. I recommend it 